Last week we looked at this character, Zacharias. We Luke. were starting to go through the Gospel of Luke. And we saw that, that God had Zacharias in place. And we spoke about how I feel for this season that God is getting us into position. And we saw that Zacharias was in position. Very interesting that uh, the scriptures say, <coughs> I have that many bits and pieces of paper here, but in, in Luke's gospel, it's very interesting to say that Zacharias was doing his work as a priest. And it says these simple words, it says in Luke chapter one, it says that so it was that while Zacharias was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And we saw last week how it was such an honour. A, a priest was only allowed to do this, burn incense once in his lifetime. And many priests uh, waited for it, but it never happened. The lot never fell for them. And I thought it was very interesting about throwing the dice because we tend to think, you know, if you throw a dice, it's like a game of chance. But I love, there's a verse in the Bible that I love. It's Proverbs 16 and 33. And it says, we may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall. And I love that. Because in other words, you might think, oh, that was just, that just happened. That was a bit of an accident. But actually, there's no accidents with God. God works all things for his purposes. And, and in the Amplified Version, it says, the lot is cast into the lap, but the decision is holy of the Lord. Even the events that seem accidental are really ordered by him. So I just feel that as we begin this new season, that God wants you to know that he has you here for purpose, that he has you here, has you in position. And it's not by chance that you're here. And he wants to do something this year that is, is very different. And I believe he's going to expand you this year. Did you notice the title today, ladies? Are you in position for spiritual pregnancy? We thought a lot about that title. <laughs> I wish it were that title. But you know, I believe that God wants us to be women who are spiritually pregnant. And I love, when I look at you, Marianne, you're, you're spiritually pregnant at the moment. <laughs> and this last while I've been saying, Lord, I want to be an old woman that's pregnant. <laughs> I said that to the Lord about June. Lord, I'd love to be an old woman that's spiritually pregnant. Anybody else like to be spiritually pregnant? Amen, I tell you, I'm ready for multiple births. <laughs> you know, whenever I think of the idea of being spiritually pregnant, it reminds me of something that happened to me in the 90s, because as many of you know, it was during the 90s that I went through divorce and that I was really found life for a few years to be probably the lowest probably in, in my life. And it was during that time that around uh, about the mid 90s that I had a dream one night and I know I've told this story before so some of you will have heard it so you forgive me but I just can't talk about spiritual pregnancy without telling this story because I had a dream and in the dream uh, I heard a voice saying you are spiritually pregnant and I had never heard that term before it wasn't a term that I used it wasn't anything I was familiar with so I was going down to a uh, a conference, a Christian conference in Castlewell on that weekend. And I always remember I travelled down with Roberta Jess, a friend that a lot of you might know. And I remember I shared with Roberta on the way down about this dream. 
So whenever, I think it was the Saturday night of the conference, there was a man there called Joe McIntyre from America and he was he had been preaching over the weekend and he started to pray for people and he began to pray for a lot of my friends and I could hear him praying and speaking over their lives and I knew that what he was saying over my friends' lives, I knew what well, he's really praying, he, you know, God, God's with this man, he's really praying, I knew it was very specific. So he came down to me and the first thing he said, he just put his hand out and he just said, he says, he just took a moment and he says, I feel the Lord showing me that you're pregnant. Well, I nearly fell. <laughs> and then he says, but it's not an ordinary pregnancy. Well, naturally enough, like at that age. But he says, uh, it's a spiritual pregnancy. And he began to prophesy over me. And I remember he began to speak words from, from Isaiah 49. And uh, he began to say, I want to just, he, remember this man knew nothing about me. But he began to speak about waste and desolate places. And I'll tell you, I've been reading in, 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 in Isaiah about waste and desolate places. Those were words I had, been, I had been reading. And then he went on to say, these were the actual words that he used, they were scripture. He said, the land of your destruction will even now be too small for the inhabitants. And he says, those who swallowed you up will be far away. See, that's the enemy, satanic stuff. The children you will have after you've lost the others will say again in your ears, this place is too small for me. Give me a place where I may dwell. Then you will say in your heart, who's begotten these for me? Since I've lost my children and I'm desolate, a captive and wandering to and fro. And who has brought these up? There I was left alone. But these, where were they? And I remember I'd never read those verses before. And basically what he was prophesying over me was that I would look around and, and look and see, where did these children, where did these babies come from? Where, you, you know, I'd, you see, you've got to remember that I had gone out with, I'd got married and gone out with my husband, had William, and we'd gone out to Romania. We'd gone out to Austria first and then to Romania. We'd gone out to what I thought was going to be a mission full of fruit. And we'd come back with nothing. And you've got to remember that I felt I had lost children that I could have seen into the kingdom in those countries. And so these words resonated with me because God was speaking through this guy. And God, and you know, I remember I went, that, that night I was like, my goodness, someday am I going to look around and say, God, what have you done? Where has this all happened? And you know, I went to bed that night and I'll never forget, remember sitting in the bed and thinking, Holy Spirit, you are so real. You're so you give me a dream. And this man has just spoken out the dream. It was it was mind blowing. So I want to say to you today that this is not just for me, it's not it's something for all of you that God wants to see his girls spiritually pregnant. And we're going to talk about two women this morning who became physically pregnant, but it was also spiritual pregnancy as well, because we're going to talk about Elizabeth and we're going to talk about Mary. And you see Whenever Zacharias was in position, and we read it last week where the angel came and spoke to him and told him that his wife, who was barren and an old woman, remember we spoke about that last year, about how disappointed Zacharias and Elizabeth must have been, and how after all these years of waiting, and she's now long past the age of childbearing, and how an angel now comes and says, Mary, Elizabeth's going to have a child and you're going to call his name John, and he's going to prepare the way of the Lord. And we saw last week that Zacharias 
said to the angel, how will I know that these things will be? And we read it last week where the angel said, because you didn't believe, I'm going to read it to you now actually. The angel said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And now you will be silent and unable to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. And I've written in your notes that John was not going to be allowed to speak negative words of unbelief over himself or over Elizabeth. You see, we need to be very, very careful about the words that we speak. So often I hear men and women, but I'm talking specifically to women, but so often I hear women and they're speaking out negatively over their lives. Catch yourself on at it, girls. So often we say, I'll never be able to do that. Oh, I couldn't do that. Not at all. And you know what? Don't see anything changing. Things are going to be just, they're just going to stay the way they are. Those are the kind of negative words that we so often speak. And those are not words that are full of trust or life. The the, the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I love, you know, again, I can never pass this scripture without referring to um, what Joyce Meyer says, because in the Joyce Meyer Bible, she has a lot to say about these scriptures. She says, every time you open your mouth, you're ministering death or life. And whatever you dish out is what you're going to eat. You know, we have that saying, you, you, what is it? You eat your own, you're going to eat your own words, isn't that it? And you see, that verse in, in Proverbs 18, 21, here's what the verse says. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or for life. So if you're going to speak out negative words, you'd be far better to be like Zechariah, to be far better to be silent. Oh, sorry about that, Jane. You'd be far better to be silent than to speak out negative words. Because negative words have power. And when you speak out negatively, the enemy just sees a landing strip and he just comes right in there and he just sees that those words for death will come to pass. And it's so important that we speak words of life over ourselves and that we, have, that we believe what God says. I'm going to read you another little bit here from Joyce Marr. She says, you're going to have to eat your words. Proverbs 18 and 21 confirms this truth. The words that we speak have power to influence our lives. In fact, you may be eating your words right now. And that may be why you're not happy with your life. Your mouth may be getting you into trouble with yourself. Proverbs 18 and 21 teaches us that words are so awesome that they are actually containers for power. Power for good, power for life, or power for death, power for evil. They're containers for power. They they carry either a life-giving force or a destructive force. And it's so important, ladies, I cannot declare, I cannot shout this out enough for you to be very careful what you say. And even speaking negatively over someone about a situation, we need to speak out and say, do you know what? It doesn't look good, but I'm speaking out. I believe God's going to change things. I'm believing for good. I'm believing God's going to make something good out of this situation. And, and when it comes to ourselves, I, Lord, I don't feel so good today. We need to be truthful. Don't feel so good today. <clears throat> but I believe, and I'm speaking it out, that it's going to be a good day. You're going to give me a good day, Lord. I'm trusting you. You're going to turn things around. And it's so important that we speak the truth. And I think that's why the angel silenced Zacharias. 
Because if he went home to Elizabeth and started this negative talk, you know, she needed to be open and to be ready to respond to what God wanted to do in her so that she could indeed become pregnant. And if you want to be spiritually pregnant, you need to be open and believing that God can do new things in your life, that he can bring forth fruit in your life, that you can give birth to, to fruitfulness, to love and to joy and to peace, all of the fruits of the Spirit, even the long-suffering. We don't like to talk about that one, but he can actually give you fruit in your life of long-suffering and all those other goodness and self-control and all those other beautiful fruits of the Spirit. That God wants us to be women who are carrying in our spiritual womb the fruits of the Spirit and that we will experience that in our lives. And who doesn't want more of God's love and his joy and his peace and his goodness and all of that? But as well as that, I believe that God wants us to be spiritually pregnant with the purposes that he has for our lives. Because he knows the plan. He says in his word in, in Jeremiah uh, twenty nine eleven, he says, For I know the plans that I have for you. So he has specific plans for every single one of us. And he knows exactly what he wants to do with your life and with your particular gifting and in your particular circumstances. There's never been anybody else like you. Like you're totally unique. There never will be anybody else ever like you, before or after you. There'll be nobody like you. There'll be nobody will have the exact opportunities that you're having. There'll be nobody able to show God's love and his grace and his goodness the way you will. Nobody else will reflect it in the same way because you're unique. And if you don't open up to what he has for you and want his, his, his plans for you and want them to be brought forth, that you would give birth to his plans for you, then you're going to miss out on, on actually being who God created you to be and doing what God created you to do. And so God wants you to know that he wants you to spend time with him so that you might conceive spiritually. There's such a thing as spiritual <laughs> conception. And we're going to see that, that these two women, there was a time when they conceived in the natural. And you see spiritually, it's exactly the same thing. How do we conceive spiritually? I believe it's through sitting under his shade. It's through spending time with him. It's through times of intimacy. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. Natural pregnancy comes through intimacy. And so does spiritual pregnancy. And you know, over this last couple of months since I had this wee accident and uh, damaged my knee, you see, the, the night that that happened, well, the night that that happened, or the day that that, that happened, that evening I was sitting up in bed, and I said to the Lord, Lord, whatever, whatever you're going to do, whatever you want to do out of this, because it's going to change my plans for the summer. It's going to slow me down. And I remember sitting up in the bed and saying, Lord, whatever you want to do through this, will you please do it? Will you please make this time count? You know, every little thing that happens to you, God wants to teach you through it. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. He make, wants to make you more like himself. And so whenever things happen that we don't like, it's so easy to start speaking negatively. But you know, that night I said, Lord, I don't want to speak. I want to trust you that you bring good out of this. And one of the things that God has shown me over the summer, and I was sharing this with some of the ladies on Saturday, one of the things that God's shown me is that he wants me to learn how to sit under the shadow of the Almighty. That he wants me to sit under his shade and his banner over me is what? Love. Love. And he wants me to sit. And one of the prayers that I have been praying all over the summer is, Lord, please take the hurry out of me. That's a good prayer, isn't it? Yeah. Lord, please take the hurry out of me. Help me to learn to just sit in your presence and bathe in your love and know and declare in my heart that you love me and that I love you and that I'm opening up my spirit 
and I want spiritual conception. Because listen, ladies, that's where it happens. And so Elizabeth was the first lady who was going to be pregnant. And I just, let's just read a few verses about her. Because I love these two ladies, and I believe God wants to speak to us today from them. And so it says that after uh, Zacharias came out of the temple, he wasn't allowed to speak. He had to make some signs to the people. He had nothing to say to them. Uh, he wasn't able to speak. And then it says, now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among women, among people. <clears throat> I love the way it puts this in another translation. It says that, that uh, Mary said, or Elizabeth said, let me just see where exactly I've written this. Mary, or Elizabeth, right, Maureen, it's Elizabeth you're talking about now. Elizabeth said, How kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Can you imagine how the joy that filled her heart? Can you imagine the amazement that filled Zechariah's heart as, you know, week after week and month after month, he could see, he couldn't speak, but he could see his wife visibly beginning to grow and, and beginning to be stretched and to expand. And you see, what happens whenever you sit in God's presence, ladies, and just worship him and give him, just give him your love and receive his love. Do you know what happens? A spiritual conception takes place and God births something in you that's going to grow. And it might take it. That's why God's purposes often take a period of time because as in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. When you conceive in the natural, it takes nine months, doesn't it? before that baby grows and before you, uh, the, you're you ready to give birth to that baby. And there is a stretching. And again, last Saturday, we talked a lot up in Enniskillen about this stretching. And I want to read to you some of the, the, the words again that I spoke over you, Marion. And uh, it's that sing, O barren one, you who did not hear, sorry, you who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who did not travel with child, for the spiritual children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. So scriptures are talking about the spiritual children that you, you're going to have. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtain of your habitation be stretched out. Spare not, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right hand and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for you shall not be ashamed, neither be confounded and depressed, for you shall not be put to shame, for you shall forget the shame of your youth, and you shall not seriously remember the reproach of your widowhood any more, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. You know, there's something about allowing God to stretch us. When, whenever spiritual conception takes place, we have said yes to the Lord. We've said, yes, Lord, I just want to, I want to be all that you, that you want me to be. And I want to carry your purposes and I want, I want to give you my all. And something happens that's in the spiritual that's unseen and we become spiritually pregnant. And God begins to stretch us. And you see, whenever you say yes to God, you will feel a bit of a stretch. 
And we talked about that as well. And I don't want to be repeating what we talked about on Saturday. But, you know, I believe we're in a season where God has us in position. But he's maybe going to start stretching some of you. And maybe you're going to feel God's asking me to do this and I couldn't do that. He said, no, I want to stretch you. I want you to, I want you to know you're being enlarged. Just as a woman begins to, to be stretched and the, the, the baby begins to grow in her womb. And so God wants us to, 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 to be willing to be stretched. But you know what? He wants to take away our shame. You see, Elizabeth was an old woman. And she had carried shame because in those days and in that culture, it was a shameful thing not to be pregnant. Not to have babies was a, was a thing of shame. And Elizabeth had carried that shame all her life. And you know what? I believe if we went round every single one of you women in this room, I believe every single one of us would admit that at some stage in our lives, we have carried shame. Let's hope it's gone by now. But you know what? God wants you and me free of the shame of the past. God wants to take away your shame. We, we, there's something in us, because of the sin, there's something in us that, that is shame-based. There's something in us that tends towards shame, and God wants to lift that off you, and he doesn't want you to, to live your life in, in, in shame. And the notes in this Bible say, determine that from this moment on, you're going to reject the roots of bitterness and shame and negativ negativity. I'm not, I'm not trying to say negativism. I say negativity. And perfectionism. And nourish the roots of joy, peace, love and power. You see, the Lord wants, the Lord wants you to know that he's your husband. It says your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is he. And it goes on to say, For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken, grieved in spirit, and heart sore, even a wife wooed and won in youth when she is later refused and scorned, says the Lord. And then further down, verse 10 of Isaiah 54, it says, For though the mountains should depart and the hills be shaken or removed, yet my love and kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace and completeness be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. It goes on to say, O oh, you afflicted, tossed about, it says, I will make your windows and pinnacles of sparkling agates or rubies, etc., etc. And it says in verse 13, And all your spiritual children shall be disciples taught by the Lord and obedient to his will. Those are powerful verses and powerful promises. And you know, if any of you are carrying shame, I want to say to you that Jesus Christ died and took your shame. He took it on his own body when he died on the cross. And he's lifted it off you. And if you're allowing it to be around you, well then it's illegally around you. Because he's already paid for it. And it's nailed to his cross. And you should not be carrying shame. And if you feel the shame that's bothering you, come up afterwards and we'll pray for you. Because God wants you free of that. And the Lord wants you to know that he is your husband. And so we see that, uh, that uh, Zacharias wasn't allowed to speak because of his, his unbelief. But we see Elizabeth <coughs> was able to speak out and thank God because she was believing God and she had received God's promises and she had become pregnant in the natural and was going to bring forth this child who was going to prepare the way of the Lord. You see, unbelief will really hold you back. Unbelief stopped Zacharias from speaking. <coughs> 
And unbelief actually stopped him from ministering. He had nothing to say. He couldn't even bless the people when he came out. He couldn't say anything to them. They were all standing waiting. They'd been praying outside. And he came out of the temple and, and he, he couldn't say anything to them. And you know, unbelief will stop you from getting pregnant. And it will stop you from being able to minister and speak into lives of other people. And it'll, it'll stop you from hearing God. Zacharias, was, he, was, he became deaf. He, was, he couldn't hear. And we know he became deaf because whenever the child was born, they had, do you remember they had to sign to him? He couldn't hear. They had to write down what would be called the name of the child. He was deaf as well as couldn't speak. And I believe today that God wants you to be a woman who not only speak out what God says, but woman who hear God. Woman who know what God has put in your mouth. You see, there's something about, about keeping our ears open. I read somewhere about how, you know, we've got eyelids. We've got eyelids because God wants us to close our eyes sometimes, but there's no lids over your ears because your ears are meant to be open. <laughs> and you see, God wants you and me to be able to hear God. My sheep hear my voice. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to know that he can speak into our life and he wants to, he wants us, Revelation 2 says, he who is able to hear, let him listen to and heed what the Holy Spirit says. Listen, ladies, you, you've trusted Jesus as your saviour. You have accepted him to be the one who died for your sins. You believe that you're saved and you're going to heaven. Well, you need to believe then that you can hear his voice because Jesus himself said, my sheep hear my voice. And you can hear God. And if you're believing you can't, then you're listening to the voice of the enemy. You've got to listen to the voice of God. And the, the Lord wants you to know that he has given you something to say and that he has given you words. I loved what Marion said this morning about how she came out of hospital earlier on this year, knowing that she was loved and knowing, I forget what the other one was, but the third one was knowing that you could change the atmosphere. And I love that. Because you know what, ladies? You and I are containers of God's love. You and I, when, whenever we spend time with him and we receive his love and we allow him to make us spiritually pregnant, I'll tell you, we have something to say. I want to read this to you. It's entitled Words of Transformation. And it's, it's around Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Here's what Luke 6 says. The good man or woman, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. Listen to this, ladies. This is a word for you. This is for every one of you, ladies. You have an abundance of good things in your heart. And they are bursting to come up and out and be heard. You have good things to say. You have God's words to bring. You have words of trans transformation, of life, of direction and of hope. And these words are waiting to come out of your mouth. And I'm going to challenge you about that. Because I believe that there are situations and places that God is showing you and giving you specific words for specific situations and you need to know that God has put those words in your mouth and you need to speak them to the people that you come across. It goes on to say here, do not partner with a mute or a silencing spirit that stops you from releasing the words that God has stored up in your heart. Do not seal your lips shut for there are many who will be transformed as you allow good things in the midst of you to bubble up and come out of your mouth. This day break agreement with every self-inflicted vow of silence 
and ask God to cause a rush of his good things to bubble up and out of you. Listen, for you have an abundance of good things to say. And you know what? The more you read your Bible and the more you allow God's word to saturate your heart, the more that you sit under his shade with his banner over you of love, the more that you spend time with him and take the hurry out and sit in his presence and allow him to give you spiritual conception, you will find that in you there are words coming up that God wants you to speak into the lives of the people around you. Would you agree with me? Are you up for it? Because I believe that God wants us to be like to be like Elizabeth and to be able to say how kind the Lord is. Because you know what? When we begin to move and speak for him and bring forth what he's put into us, you know what? It gets rid of the shame. And we begin to realise there's no shame. Shame has no hold on any of us. We're washed clean in the blood of Jesus. He died on the cross that he would cover you with his blood and dress you in a robe of righteousness that you're absolutely beautiful to look at. You're stunning. And he looks at you and he says, there's my girl. And I just spent time with me and I put my words in her mouth and she's going to speak them out. And you're going to know the joy of seeing God speaking through your voice. There's a tremendous joy in that. And you know what? You're going to see babies. You're going to see people coming into the kingdom. You're going to see, you're going to see new life. You're going to realize that God's going to bring people around you. You're going to speak into their lives and you're going to see them one for the kingdom. You see, there's a real danger. Unbelief will shut your mouth. And that's why it's so dangerous. Disappointment is so dangerous. Because so often through disappointment, we're afraid to believe in God. And that's why I wanted to spend so much time last week talking about disappointment. Because disappointment can so easily lead to unbelief. And you see, if you don't believe God, you're sunk. And Satan does not want you to believe. He wants you to be full of unbelief belief or disbelief and you see the bible warns us it actually tells us in hebrews 3 beware of having an evil heart of unbelief and i've written in your notes god's looking for people who will believe what he says isaiah 53 says who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the lord revealed god wants you to believe what he says he's got a good report and he wants you to believe him and to put it into action and you see, in the Old Testament, the, the children of Israel, sadly, they broke God's heart because they didn't believe what God said. And because of that, they didn't enter into the, the things that God had for them. Most of them died out in the wilderness and didn't actually come into what God's plan was for them at all. And, you know, in, in Psalm, I'd love you to read Psalm 78 whenever you go home because it's, it's full of wonderful, it's full of, of, of verses we need to take note of. Because it's saying about despite all the great things that God did for them and even all the miracles that God did for them, it says they didn't believe in God and they did not trust in his salvation. Verse 22. Verse 32. In spite of this, they still sinned and did not believe in his wondrous works. Therefore, their days he consumed in futility and their years in fear. Then it says, then they remembered that God was their rock and the most high God, their redeemer. Nevertheless, they flattered him with their heart, and they, they lied with him in their tongue, but their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in their covenant. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and did not stir up with all his wrath, for he remembered that they were but flesh. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. 
Listen, is there any of you in here today and there's something that God has spoken to you about in his word and you just feel, you know what, I could never see that happening. Are you limiting what God is saying to you? Are you, are you, are you not believing that God has good things for you? We need to take a rain check every so often and we need to listen because it's so easy. I know Beth talked about it today, how easy it is to listen to that voice of the enemy who will start to speak lies into our spirit and where we begin to, to think that God is not really for us and that we can't do things. We, we, we step into unbelief. And you see, the Hebrews, in Hebrews 3 and 4, it talks a lot about dullness of hearing and unbelief and how it actually stopped God's people from going into the very rest and the plans that God had for them. If you want your soul to know joy and rest, and if you want to come into the purposes that God has for you, then you need to step forward. I'm just looking at my time, and we're really, really behind time, so I want to hurry through these things, but I, there's a few things I do not want to miss saying today. Elizabeth was in position for pregnancy, and, um, you know, she was, she, what she, she, we talked last week about how, you know, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. But then it goes on to say, when, but desire when it comes is like a tree of life. And this is what Elizabeth, Elizabeth was finding out that God had a plan for her whenever she thought he hadn't a plan. That God was giving her a baby when she thought that there was no chance of God ever being able to do that. And I want to say to you today that spiritual babies, we can continue to have spiritual babies right up to where in our 90s or even over 100. Isn't that amazing? That God wants you to know the joy of spiritual conception right into old age. And this is, this is what I love. And, you know, in order to, to be able to carry these babies that God wants to give us, we need to believe. And, of course, when we read about Mary, we see that Mary, the angel came to Mary. And this would be a great Christmas message, but we're, we're not going to take too long. Just to remind you that when the angel came to Mary and spoke to her and told her that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and the power of the highest would overshadow her, therefore also, the angel said, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Luke chapter 1, verse, uh, yes, look at verse, verse 34, 35. You see, what did the angel, the angel said to Mary? Now he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of the house will overshadow you. And then he goes on down to say, and indeed Elizabeth, your relation, has also conceived in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, verse 36. Here's what the angel said. For with God, nothing will be impossible. You know, I'd love, if I could go around every single one of you and put that stamp on your forehead, I'd love to do that. Just stamp it on your forehead. But with God, nothing is impossible. And, and I just love, I just love that God wants us to, to really experience that. Do you know what the American Standard Version says? No word from God shall be void of power. I tell you, God can do anything in your life. He can answer your prayers in ways you would never imagine, and it usually is over a period of time. Pregnancy takes time before the child comes forth, and God wants us to call upon him and believe him, and not have an evil heart of unbelief, but to believe him and to be looking towards him, trusting him the way Mary did. What did Mary, what did Mary say? She said, let it be according to your word. She just believed the word. She believed what God was saying. And one of the things I wanted to say to you was, we talked last week about disappointment, and I shared a little bit about my friend Honor and how she uh, has 
we had hoped that she would have more sight through an operation, a number of operations that she'd had over a couple of years. And I shared last week how after it was all finished and we, she was beginning to see some light coming through and we were all cheering her on and so pleased. I told you last week how over the summer, how the retina and the eye that had been operated on, how it, it just fell away completely and how she's now lost her complete sight in that eye and the other eye very little. And in fact, she's a lot less now than she ever had. But you see, I, I laughed because I, I mean, I didn't speak about on her last week without asking her if it's okay. And she told me, she said, oh, speak away, speak away, because she's worked through her disappointment. And she's been real about it. And she's now at that point where she said, you know, she's ready to step out, you see. And uh, she said to me, you know, she said, that word disappointment, she said, when you take the dis off it, and we talked a bit about this, and we talked about replacing it with his, instead of dis, disappointment, it's his appointment. But Honor came up with an even better one. You know what she said? She said the D-I-S stands for the devil's insidious script. So the devil comes and he gives you the script. Here's the way it's going to be. And it's insidious because it goes right in. And he just sees, he studies you. The Bible tells us, Ephesians 6 says, he studies you. And he sees where he can slip in the lie. Where he can put that script in, not God's script, but what he says. And he just insidiously slips it in there. So that somehow or other, you're left in a place where you believe what the devil says. Instead of, and, 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 and Honor says to me, I just have been taking the diss off a whole lot of words. Disappointment. No, it's, it's God's appointment. Take the dis. Honor says, I'm not believing in the devil's insidious script. I'm believing that God's going to bring something good out of this. I'm believing what God says. And when you take the dis off, discourage, what have you got? Courage. God wants you to have courage. When you take the dis off, um, dishearten, you've got hearten. That's a great old fashioned word, isn't it? I was greatly heartened. When you take the dis off distrust, what have you got? Trust. And you see, the enemy loves to put, and I'm sure you could think of a whole lot of other ones as well. The enemy loves to take words and put a dis in front of them. And remember this, it's the devil's insidious script. Are you going to believe that or not? Well, you'd better start changing your mind and not believing it. <laughs> and so uh, it came, the, the angel came and Mary believed, and it says that she was going to, she was going to become pregnant uh, under the, um, the, high, the power of the highest would overshadow her, and she was going to, uh, the, 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 going to conceive uh, under the shadow of the Almighty. That's why I said to you at the beginning that that, I believe, is where we become spiritually pregnant. It's under his shadow. It's, it's, I, I, love, um, I love Psalm 91, and I'm going to read those couple of verses to you again, if I can just quickly get them here, because it talks about, the, actually, the shadow of the Almighty, it goes right back to the tabernacle, when the glory and the cloud came over. There's a kind of glory. That's what it's talking about. And, uh, and Psalm 91 is also speaking about the same idea of being under God's presence. It says, He who or she who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. 
Isn't that the most beautiful place to be? I often say when I'm under the shadow of the Almighty, the enemy can't even find out where I am. He is so in our devices, can't even find me, doesn't even know where I am because I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. That's where we need to dwell, ladies. That's where we need to spend. As we get up in the morning, we need to say, thank you, Lord, I'm under the shadow of the Almighty today. Enemy can't even find me today. Thank you, I can step out on your protection and your love is over me. And just take those moments to sit under that love, under the, your banner, your banner over me is love, and to know that all is well. I believe that's what God wants us to do. And so Mary, at some stage, under the shadow of the Almighty, that Holy One, the, the Son of God, was conceived in her womb. And it tells us that after the angel had visited her, it says in verse 39 of Luke 1, Now it says, Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed, blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. And behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done Done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts, he has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly, he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with, with Elizabeth. For about three months and then returned to her house. No wonder she stayed with her for three months. What happened when these two women who were both pregnant, what happened when they came together? Well it was a bit of a party wasn't there? They were filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. They began to prophesy over each other. It was just a time of absolute blessing when these two women got together. And what I wanted to leave you with today was this that when we spend time under the shadow of the Almighty, and when we allow him to make us spiritually pregnant, that can mean the, the love and the joy and the peace and that contentedness that God gives us when we spend time in his presence underneath this shadow. But it can also mean that he puts a desire in us for ministry, to minister to others, that he wants us to speak out into other people's lives, that he's actually making us spiritually pregnant with his purposes that he is going to bring to the birth at a certain stage. It might be way down the line, but you're beginning to grow and move towards something. What I feel God wants to say to you ladies today is that when that happens and you spend that time and then you come together, whether it's in a big group like this or whether it's some of you meeting up in twos or threes, I believe that God wants to increase your joy and when two or three get together and begin to move in the spirit and share with each other I believe the Holy Spirit that spirit of prophecy that spirit of what God wants to say to you comes up and you can speak and share over each other and encourage each other and I'll tell you you'll want to stay for three months <laughs> it's going to be good and I believe that as women, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to actually prophesy over each other. Isn't it amazing that, that Elizabeth 
prophesied over Mary and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? She was giving a confirmation to Mary as to what she had already heard from the angel. God wants to give you confirmation. He will give you confirmation through his word and through other people as they speak into your life. And then when, it, when, when Elizabeth goes on to say about the baby you left in my womb, I mean, this child had been, the, the angel had said this child's going to be full of the Holy Spirit even in the womb. And it came to pass. And Elizabeth was full of the Holy Spirit. And she said, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. I want to say to you today, I believe there's at least one person here today and you're believing for something and you might think it's impossible. But God's saying to you today, Blessed, you're blessed because you're believing and you're going to see what I've told you. And I'm, I'm prophesying that over you today. And then after Elizabeth has blessed Mary by prophesying, then Mary bursts out and she starts to sing, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. With this one wee thought, I just want to finish. I know we're over our time today, but here's what I want to say to you. Your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. And when you start to tell your soul, and this is what... This is what Honor said. She said, so many times whenever I realised I wasn't going to be able to see and, and I, was having, I was worse off than ever, she said, I began to speak to my soul. That's your mind, your will and your emotions. Began to speak to my soul. David did this in the Psalms. You need to speak to yourself and you need to say, do you know what? My soul magnifies the Lord. And when you start choosing to worship God and to praise him and to to say thank you even though things don't look so good. When you start to, and you choose to thank him and praise him, do you know what happens? I believe it says, it says here, my soul magnifies, chooses to magnify the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. And here's what I want to say to you as we finish. I believe that if you choose to magnify God and to praise him and to speak out positive words, not negative ones, but to speak out faith words, to get a verse and declare it over yourself, as you do that, you know what happens? I believe your spirit, the spirit part of you, begins to rejoice. And something happens where your, where your spirit's coming into line with your mind and your will and your emotions and you're worshipping God at a whole new level. I'd love to go on. There's a lot of more things I'd love to say. But you know what? Well, I do have to finish, don't I? The thing is that God wants you to know that he loves you. And he wants you to know you might be young today, and you might be old, but whatever you are, you can still be pregnant. Get yourselves ready, ladies. You're in for expansion. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done. I believe, Lord, that even this morning, as women have listened to your word, I believe that even as they've sat and even had a fresh revelation that you love them, that your banner over them is love. I believe even as they sit in the shade of your love this morning, that conception can take place. And I declare conception over these ladies today. That there'll be women who are out of here today and within them they will just believe by faith that God has birthed something in them. And Lord, that they'll begin to see that growing in their spiritual womb and over the next weeks and months that they will realise it like that they're actually different. That they're carrying, they're carrying the Holy Spirit and they're carrying the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. And they're going to birth forth your purposes, Lord. Lord, I declare that over this group in Jesus' name.